Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Monica Gibbs, and I'm the worship leader here at our Rolling Hills Nashville campus. We're continuing in our series, The Greatest Adventure, looking at and learning from Moses' life. In today's message, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff as he teaches of God's provision for his people in the desert. Now here's Jeff. Uh, Well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at Franklin Campus. Welcome to everybody who's watching online. So glad you're joining in. And welcome back to our series. We're in this amazing summer series called The Greatest Adventure. And we've been walking with the children of Israel as they were slaves in Egypt. And, and God took them and delivered them. And we're on this journey with them you know, through the wilderness. And God's leading them to the promised land. This land flowing with milk and honey. God's freeing them from the most powerful army in the world at that time. And God's taking them to an incredible place. And they are on this great journey, just like all of us. We're seeing so many amazing parallels from their story to our story today. And seeing how we were slaves to sin and to bondage, right? And then God's delivering us. And we're living this life, this adventure that we're all on, right? But one day, God has heaven for us. Heaven awaits. And it's greater than we could dream or even imagine. But we're in that time. And God has a purpose for us. And so we started off talking about this, how God raised up a guy named Moses. And where all the baby boys from Pharaoh's command, all the Hebrew boys were thrown in the Nile. In God's sovereignty, he saved him. And he saved Moses. Moses was born for a purpose, just like you and I. Every one of us was born for a purpose. You're here alive at this time in history for a reason. God has a plan for you. And Moses grows up there. He's being raised in Pharaoh's house. He learns how to read. He learns how to write. He goes to the best schools, the best education. But he doesn't identify with the Egyptians. He identifies with the people of God. And at the age of 40, right, Pharaoh tries to kill him. He flees. He goes to the wilderness. And then we see God's call. He's out in the wilderness, and he's thinking, maybe God can't use me anymore, right? I'm done. But at the age of 80, God speaks to him through a burning bush, and God calls him to go back and lead God's people out of Egypt. And Moses begins to make excuses, kind of like we do. You know, when God calls us to do something, to step in, I don't know, God, maybe you could use somebody else, you know? I'm not great at speaking. I'm not great at this or that. And, And yet, finally, he comes to this point of obedience, and he goes back. And when we go back and we follow, we trust, that's when we see God do miracles. And he says to Pharaoh, let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, no way. I mean, they're an economic boom, right? They're slaves. They're doing all this stuff and all this building. And he says, well, watch who God is because it's not you. And the God of the universe begins these miracles, these 10 plagues. Pharaoh keeps saying, no, 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 until the last plague comes, right? The last plague, the death angel. And God says to his people, put blood over the doorpost of your home and the death angel will pass over The Passover is established right here. And the death angel comes that night and the firstborn of every Egyptian is killed. And Pharaoh says, he's God, I'm not, you can go. And all the people come walking out of Egypt. I mean, like just walking out of Egypt. 650,000 men, not including women and children. I mean, you're talking two to three million people walking out. And they begin to move toward the promised land. And then Pharaoh, we saw last week, changed his mind and said, hey, wait a minute. We want those guys back, and so he chases them down, and Pastor T did a great job talking about how the children of Israel come. The Red Sea is right here. The Egyptian army's coming with 600 chariots and horses and swords, and they're looking this way and this way, and God goes, I'll always provide a way. And he just parts the sea, and they walked right through it. And when the Egyptians come after him, he closes the sea over them, right? And now they are free. They're free. 
And they're walking through the Sinai Peninsula. They're walking through this wilderness toward the promised land. But then they begin to doubt. And they begin to wonder, God, can you really sustain us? God, can you really take care of us? We've been used to living in Egypt, but, but God, can you provide for us? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there today. You're kind of thinking about your life, and maybe there's some worries, there's some fears. And you're looking where you are, and you go, God, do you see? Do you know what's going on in my life? Maybe you've had some sleepless nights lately. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe there's some struggles that you're going through. And I want to tell you today, listen, God not only sees, God cares. And God answers your prayer. And God is with you, and God is for you. And God promises to provide. And that's what we're going to see today. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you over with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. Man, this is so good. So second book, right? Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus. If you're online, go to the Rolling Hills app. You can follow along with what God's word has to say. But Exodus 16, pick up in verse one. It says, the whole Israelite community set out from a limb and they came to the desert of sin. Now that's not like sin, bad, terrible place. It actually, the translation should be desert of Zin, Z-I-N, but it's the Sinai Peninsula, it's the wilderness, which is between the limb and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. You notice how we have selective memory a lot of times, right? You're like, oh yeah, back in Egypt, we had pots of meat, right? We sat around and ate till we were full Oh, never mind that we had taskmasters over us beating us, telling us to make bricks without straw and throwing our babies in the Nile. All right, we forgot that part, but somehow, oh, we had all this. Sometimes we do that back in our lives, right? Well, back in those days, you know, you're like, oh, come on, right? But here's the deal, right? These guys begin to grumble. They begin to complain. They begin to go, God, really? You brought us out here. Can you take care of us here? And I remember reading this before, and, and I would always think, you know, oh, come on, people, how can you complain? God just did all these miracles. He parted the Red Sea. Come on, get it together. And then I went to Israel, okay? So I went to the desert of Zin, and, and I wanted to show you, we do a biblical study tour uh, in Israel every couple of years, and so last time we were there, we'll go again in 22 in October if you wanna go. It's awesome, it's incredible, but we do a hike down through the wilderness. And so we had a guy who had some drone with us, and so he took some drone footage of us hiking, this is all of our group, hiking there from Rolling Hills through the wilderness. This is the wilderness right here. This is what we're talking about, okay? And if you look out there, there's not a lot of palm trees, there's not a lot of crops, there's not a lot of grapes, there's really not a lot of anything. I mean, this is like wilderness, like real wilderness. Like, I mean, like hot, arid, right? You're walking through this place. And sometimes in our lives, we feel like, man, I'm just walking through this wilderness. And God, do you see? Do you care? But I want you to know this. This didn't catch God off guard. God didn't go, hey, I'm gonna part the sea, and then, hey, you're on your own, you know, kind of figure it out, you know? God's like, come on, I got this. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. 
In this way, I will test them. Notice that. I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. God's like, I already got a plan. I've already got this laid out. I'm gonna rain down bread from heaven. So look at verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. It's okay to call out to God. It's okay to say, God, help, I need help. But tell them at midnight, at twilight, you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. He's like, hey guys, tonight you're gonna eat meat. And in the morning, you're gonna have bread. And I'm sure they're like, where's that coming from? Well, check this out. Verse 13, that evening quail came and covered the camp. All right, we know from historians, right, that, that back in this time, I mean, there were times when the eastern wind would blow, still even today, but there would be giant, you know, kind of quail, like millions and millions of quail who would come over this area. And there's ancient hieroglyphics from the Egyptians of them catching quail with nets or knocking quail down with sticks. And so can you imagine they're, they're going, God, can you provide for us? And God all of a sudden just brings this whole thing of quail. And they just start landing in the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? You know, some translations, what is this? I mean, what is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So they wake up and there's bread all over the ground. There's bread all over the ground. And the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. How cool is that? You know, they go out, right, and some people are just grabbing as much as they can, right, and then other people are just going out, and maybe they're a little bit older, or they don't have as much ability, they just grab as little as they can, but when they get back, they have as much as they need. God gives us as much as we need every day. Then the Lord said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning, all right? So trust God. You go get yours for the day. Don't keep it for the next day, right? However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell, so Moses was angry with them. Well, each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported to Moses. And he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath, rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So five days, five days you go out and you gather enough for that day. But on the sixth day, gather twice as much and it won't spoil. And you don't even have to go out on the sixth day. That's a day of rest. That's what God's teaching them. And you can bake it, you can boil it, you can do all kinds of things with this. And so they saved it until morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. <laughs> Oh, we don't trust you, God. You know, we don't know that you can provide. So we're gonna go out there. 
but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. Manna literally means, what is this? I mean, that's what it is, right? That's what it is, that means. Manna, what is this? It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like wafers with honey. I mean, it tasted sweet. You know what I think it was? I think it was Krispy Kreme donuts. That's what I think it was like. Every morning, the hot light was on. They woke up. <laughs> donuts were there. It was perfect. They didn't have to pay for it. It was fantastic. They just woke up right there. Like, thank you. I'll take a dozen. You know, I'm just like right there. But here's the thing. It wasn't just empty calorie Krispy Kreme donuts because it tasted like honey and it was beautiful and sweet and great to taste. But it really had the nutrients of a Cliff Bar. Okay, so like it tasted like a Krispy Kreme donut, but it had the nutrients of a Cliff Bar because it tells us in numbers that in all their walking around, their, their feet did not swell. Isn't that crazy? It had the right amount of nutrients. God was providing for them every day. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come. Make sure that people know that God provides so that they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar, put an omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved. Guys, this is awesome. We're gonna see in a couple of weeks that God tells them to build a tabernacle, a place to worship on the Sabbath, that the Sabbath will be a day to go to worship. And in the tabernacle, there will be the Ark of the Covenant. Only three things in the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron's rod that budded, the Ten Commandments, and an omer of manna. Remember, God provides for generations to come. Let people know. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. They ate manna for 40 years. Now we know, right, you could take this walk, it would be about 11 days normally, I mean, with that million people, I mean, it would probably take two or three months, but we're gonna find that they're gonna be disobedient and not trust the Lord, and God's gonna have them do some laps for 40 years, but God's gonna sustain them for the entire time. And what's powerful is God gives them this manna the whole time in the desert. God gives them meat and quail. And then when they get to the border of the promised land and they walk in, they set foot in the promised land, the manna stops and they eat the produce of the land. They eat the fruit and the vegetables and all that because they're learning to trust the Lord that God will provide. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down because I'm telling you guys, this is life lessons for us, right? Every one of us. So if you've got a worship guide here at Franklin, if you are online, go to the Rolling Hills app. You can fill in some blanks right there. But man, I don't want us to miss this today. So powerful, God's work in our own lives. So check this out. First of all, God provides for his people. God provides for his people. Notice this. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. The purpose was that they would know God, that it came from God, that they would recognize and develop a relationship with God. Even in the wilderness, God provides. 
To me, this is like a bigger miracle than all the other plagues. I mean, those were, those were big. But think about one to three million people out in that wilderness. How are they gonna be sustained? I mean, we know that they were. Like, how are they gonna make it? Our guide over in Israel, Yoni, he's incredible. He's lived there, you know, kind of all of his life. And, and he tells you, he says, if, if you are not experienced with this land, you'll probably survive two to three days. I mean, really, if you don't know, you didn't bring water with you, you didn't bring food with you, you're not gonna last very long out in this area. God takes care of them 40 years. I mean, you're just like, what? I mean, God provides even in the wilderness. Think about all the ways God provided for his people. I mean, just think about this. We saw last week, right, a cloud by day. What's that? Shade, (laughs) direction. Pillar of fire, what's that? Light, warmth direction, right? Manna, bread, quail. You go into Exodus 17, water from a rock. God just knew all the places. You go camp here, I'll lead you there. Right there was the water. God took care of his people. Now think about all the ways that God provides for you. Just think about it. I mean, think about the food that we have to eat. Many times our toughest decision, right, after church is where are we gonna eat? You know, because like, we have so many restaurants. Like, I got to pick, you know, or am I gonna cook? Or wait, I mean, God provides. Think about it, you walk in your closet, you go, what am I gonna wear? I got choices. I got lots of choices, right? I don't even know. I mean, it, we have so much, but do we recognize that it all comes from God? I mean, not many of us walked here today, right? We have a car, we didn't have to walk through the, God provides, God provides family, friends, church, community, just the list goes on and on and on for us to stop and go, God, you are sovereign, you're in control, you provide for me every day. Thank you, Lord. But even in your darkest time, God is with you. And what all that should do is remind you that when you do go through the dark times, when you do walk through the wilderness, that God will not leave you, God will not forsake you. And maybe you're here today, maybe you are walking through a wilderness. Maybe you've got questions, maybe you've got worries, maybe you've got fears. God is with you. He will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. He loves you with an everlasting love. That is your God. That's your God. Notice this. God teaches his people to trust him. This is what God's doing right here. He teaches his people to trust him. Each morning, they gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Right? So just get enough for the day. (laughs) And on the sixth day, go ahead and get twice as much to trust that God's going to provide so that you can rest and worship on the Sabbath. God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, but now he has to take Egypt out of the children of Israel. Think about that for a moment, right? They were slaves 400 years, so they were slaves. So they're sitting there thinking, man, Egypt was provided for us. Remember that? We had pots of meat and all this, right? Egypt was the one who took care of God's going, no, 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 no. I was taking care of you the whole time. Right? It wasn't Egypt. Egypt with the polytheistic gods, you know, the God of the Nile that they worshiped. And when God comes with the plagues and he turns the Nile to blood, you know, with a Ra, the sun god, God just turns the sun off for a while, these plagues against their gods. But God was teaching those Israelites, hey, listen, that's not who you are. I gotta get Egypt out of you now. And God has to do the same thing with us many times. Uh, See, we lived for the things of this world before we came to know Christ. 
right? We were living for Egypt. We were living for the things of the world. It was all about money or success or taking care of me or what could you do for me? You know, how do you make me feel? And that was our whole agenda. And then we come to know Christ and all of a sudden, God has to change us. We don't just live for money anymore. That's not gonna be our provider, our redeemer. We're not just gonna live for ourselves anymore. God's going, I want you to trust me and I want you to be a blessing to others. But it's gonna take a little time to get Egypt out of you. But you're on a journey of falling in love with God, of trusting him, of finding joy and peace and purpose and hope. God is working in your life to teach you to trust him. Pick up enough for the day. Pick up enough for the day. Now think about this for a moment. How does that correspond in the New Testament? You remember what Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done. Remember he taught us this? Give us today our daily bread. Pray this way. God, provide enough for me today. And sometimes we don't trust him, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know, God, uh, you know, I don't know, I gotta worry about tomorrow, I gotta worry about next week, I gotta worry about next year, I gotta worry about what's gonna happen later on. And, and he's going, let me be enough today. I've got that under control. It's okay. I've been there, you haven't been there, I've been there. You just trust me today. Some of the Israelites were going out and they were trying to gather enough, right? They were coming back to their tents and putting up like, you know, storage units and finding out a storage unit. I'm gonna put some more man out there because I don't know if God's gonna show up tomorrow, you know? I gotta have more and more and more. And he's like, hold on. Trust me today. Trust me today. See, this is why I think a lot of people don't tithe. Or trust back. I don't know if I can give back. I don't know. If there's a need, I don't know if I can meet it because, and God's going, I got it. I got it. Trust me. God also establishes Sabbath. God establishes this priority to, to, hey, you work six days a week and then on the seventh, you come and worship. Great job, you're here today. Good job, way to go. You're bringing your kids, you're teaching generations, right? You're watching online, great job. But we need this in our life. And what happens often is like we get a new job or we get a new career, we're just running after it. We're going, well, I, I gotta work. I got seven days, I gotta work. And then we burn ourselves out and we get tired and fatigued and we don't have any margin in our lives. And so God says, I'm gonna teach you right here to trust me. With the food, with your time, with your money, I want you to know that I am in control and you can trust me. God established Sabbath. See, our God is a relational God. He's a relational God. He's your heavenly Father. And he wants you to know him and trust him. And so often, we just don't wanna trust the things of this world, right? We're all like, well, if I could just win the lottery. <laughs> We've already mapped it out in our mind. <laughs> and God's going, listen, if I want you to have that much, I'll give it to you. But I want you to trust me. I want you to find your hope and your value in me. And I gotta tell you guys, you know, as a church, we've seen God provide in incredible ways. I mean, we're sitting in a miracle. I mean, like, man, we were meeting in a movie theater. I had nowhere to go. God just like, here you go. Our Nolensville campus, we're meeting in an elementary school. We were all praying, praying, praying. Seven days to go, God provides, right? 10 acres on Nolensville. I mean, God just does that. But God's teaching us in our own lives to trust him. And I'll admit, there's times in my lives, I, I get worried. I'm like, okay, God, I've got three kids, and I, I love them. We got, God, we gotta figure out school. We gotta figure out finances. Or how are we gonna do this, and then what about college, and what about that, and you know, what about retirement, and you get your mind going all the way down, and it's smart to plan and do all those things, but never forget that God's in charge. 
Never forget that God has got you and God loves you and he promises to take care of you. He is a relational God. Check this out. God wants us to be grateful. <laughs> God wants us to be grateful. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar, put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. God takes care of his people. And you know what? For us, that we would pass it on like, for generations. We would tell the stories. Listen how God provides. Listen what God's done in my life. Let me just tell you the things that God has done. Let me celebrate that, that he takes care of me. You see, there were some complainers in the group back then. <laughs> and there's complainers today. You know, sometimes, you, like, if you go to Disney World, and then there's, like, these guys, like, older guys walking around with a, I'm grumpy shirt on, and you're like, dude, you're Disney World, really? I mean, like, I mean, come on. You talk about first world problem. I mean, like, you're the grumpy guy at Disney World. I mean, get real. I mean, you know, or like, oh, my steak is undercooked. Really? Okay, that's a first world problem, all right? You know, I mean, it's okay. There's times when things don't go our way. But if you look at your life, do you complain more or are you grateful more? Are you going, hey, let me just tell you all the things that are wrong, or let me, say, let me just tell you this, all these things that God is doing, let me just celebrate him. I don't wanna be labeled as grumpy, I wanna be labeled as joyful. I wanna be labeled as, man, I'm gonna just tell you the goodness and grace of God. And I know there's things that are gonna be struggles, I know there's things that are gonna be difficult, but I wanna tell you, God is at work. God hasn't forgotten about me. God is working in my life and my family, and I want you to know for generations that I wanna serve the Lord. I wanna serve him. Hey, look, today's blessings were yesterday's worries. I mean, really, right? You probably think about when you were growing up, you're like, I don't know if God's gonna be able to take care of me when I get to be this age. Well, you're this age now, right? I don't know what's gonna happen, right? A family or friends, I don't know. You're here, and you got food to eat. You got clothes to wear. We just realize the goodness and grace of God every step of the way, and for us to trust him and to know him. Hey, I love this, Lamentations 3, 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. I mean, that's awesome right there, right? Because we are sinful people, but we're not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What if we got up every day and just said, hey, God, your compassions never fail. They are new every morning. When Satan reminds you of something that you did, you know, and you made a mistake and you messed up and you think, oh, God can't use me. No, 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 Satan, listen. God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. It's a new day. My God is in charge. My God's gonna meet my needs. My God's given me enough. Hey, great is his faithfulness to me. Woo, change the way we live. Change the way we live right there. Look at this. God provides for his people both physically and spiritually. Spiritually. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a land that they settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan, that's the promised land right there. That's the place where God's leading them and taking them. Physically, food, manna and quail, and spiritually, God's word. We're gonna see next week the 10 commandments, right? And God's gonna say, you gotta know how to live. You were slaves in Egypt, but I'm gonna show you how to be my people. I'm gonna show you that I'm a relational God, right? Love God and love others. I'm gonna show you how to be different and how to have joy, peace and purpose in your life. But God was carving out this people for himself from which he'll ultimately bring the Messiah, Jesus. 
And what's incredible is this. When Jesus comes, he begins to teach. And in Mark chapter one, Jesus is teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. And when he starts to teach, all the people are listening. They're like, wow, they're just sitting on bated breath. They're like, oh, this is incredible. And then they say this. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? Remember seeing that? The manna? What is this? A new teaching and with authority. The physical provision, but the spiritual. The spiritual nourishment for their souls. Hey, there's something different here. There's a savior that wants to be near us and wants to take care of us, right? Mentally, emotionally, as well as physically that he is near and dear. Both the physical and the spiritual need nourishment. Both need nourishment. That's why you're here and that's why I'm so thankful. We could dive into God's word. And what if we woke up in the mornings and in the mornings, instead of going, oh, I gotta get something to eat, right? I gotta have nourishment for the day physically. We just go, hey, I gotta have some nourishment spiritually. I'm gonna take a daily step. Right? I'm gonna read a word of God. I'm gonna memorize this verse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that before I grab my phone and start scrolling through Instagram and Twitter and everything else that's going on in the world. I'm gonna, wait, I'm gonna, I wanna go right here and read a verse. I wanna say a prayer. God, nourish me spiritually so that I'm ready for today. And then the physical and all the things that are gonna happen in this day. God provides through his people for generations. See, the people called out to Moses and God worked through Moses to provide the manna and the quail. God worked through Moses to provide the 10 commandments. But it wasn't Moses, God was working so that the people would look and know God. And if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or or you're a teacher or a coach, hey, we are called to take care of our kids and it's, it's great. But we are called to take care of not only physically, but spiritually. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. When we see a need, we're called to meet it. And God works through his church. God works through his people today to bless others. And that's why we give. That's why we help serve. And that's why we do love everyone always. And we go, man, I want to make a difference today because God's working through his people to provide for generations. And then notice this. Jesus applies manna to himself. In John chapter 6. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. He tells them this in John 6. He says in verse 47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. (laughs) But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Oh, man. Guys, don't miss it. Jesus. Jesus is our provision. God provides for our greatest need in Jesus, salvation. When we were slaves to sin, God sent his son. We couldn't rescue ourselves. We couldn't redeem ourselves. We couldn't be good enough. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So God sent his son for us. He met our greatest need. He is Jehovah. That means the Lord. He is Jehovah Jireh. This means the Lord will provide. And this comes from Genesis 22. When God tested a man named Abraham and said, Abraham, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? Take your own son Isaac, the promise, and go up on the mountain. And they're going up on the mountain, and here's Abraham with his son, probably a teenager at this time, and Isaac, and they've 
got wood and, and they've got this altar and, and Isaac's like, hey dad, I got the wood and I got the altar, where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And Abraham says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, the Lord's enough. I don't know what's gonna happen, but the Lord's enough. And they get up on the mountain and there's a ram caught in the thicket. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and they offer the sacrifice there on Mount Moriah, which later on they'll build the temple on that same spot. The Holy of Holies there. And later on there'll be a Savior who will come and who will die on a cross. And when he dies, the temple veil is torn in two from top the bottom, saying, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. He makes a way for a holy God to have a relationship with sinful man because of the grace and the goodness of his son, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. And think about this, guys. God gave his son for us, so there is nothing, there is nothing he won't provide for you. Nothing. Romans 8, 31, right? What shall we say in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God did not spare even his own son, will he not much more take care of everything that we need? There is a God who is here today. And there is a God who is drawing you to himself. A God who says, I love you with an everlasting love. You are my son. You are my daughter. I provided salvation for you through Jesus I'll provide everything you need. Just trust me. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what worry or fear you brought into the room today. But I wanna tell you this, Jehovah Jireh. Maybe you're walking through a wilderness today. Jehovah Jireh. Maybe in your life, there's just things that doesn't seem like it's going the way you thought. Jehovah Jireh. God hasn't forgotten about you. God is with you. He will take care of your tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. He'll take care of your next year and your year after that. He'll take care of your kids or your grandkids. He's enough. Maybe today's a day of salvation. You just go, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I've still been living for Egypt. I've been living for thinking that's about money or success or about me. But today I realize it's about you. Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sin, redeem me, restore me. I want to be yours. Maybe today is the day you just go, you know what? I've been thinking everything else is gonna provide, and today, God, I realize it's you. Maybe today you just wanna be grateful. You know, as a parent, when you give your kids something and they, they say thank you, it means so much. Maybe today it's just like, thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for all the things that you've given me. You've given me so much. And I wanna be a grateful person. So, Father God, here we are. Meet us in this moment and change us forever. We're your disciples. We're your people. You are our Jehovah Jireh. You will always 
provide. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.